0: Everybody ready? Let's get rolling.
1: This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson,
2: Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordo, we're going to talk to David Locke coming up here momentarily. We'll ask him about... uh, What's going on in his life? And uh, we'll get some uh, thoughts on the Utah Jazz uh, coming up from, uh, from David as well. And who knows what, because David's got uh, what we like to call a very active mind. So who knows what David's keeping himself busy with these days?
0: Well, the last time we talked with him, he said he was going to dive into some statistics and see what he could find. So let's ask him about that, see if he came to any conclusions based on what we saw during
2: the NBA season. On our staff, and I'll even say extended staff, Gordon, because D- David, not technically a zone staff member, but he's, you know, in, in the family, right? Uh, sure. So staff or extended staff, if you had to be quarantined in a one-bedroom apartment, who would it be with? Who would you choose?
0: Somebody on our staff?
2: Yeah. Or extended, you know, jazz staff. I mean, uh, Bowler eligible?
0: Well... Uh, you know, I guess I would have to pick you guys. I mean, you're the guys I do the show with every day. Well, you so.
2: couldn't pick both Austin and me. You'd have to pick just one or the other. Oh, uh, you're going to make me pick between you two? You'd pick us over Bowler? Wow, Gordon, I'm taking that as a compliment. Well, you guys are here. you take mean, us uh, over PK, or, or are you fibbing with us in order to spare our feelings? Would you really pick po- PK? It's possible.
0: <laughs> I, you know... I, I don't know. I mean, you're, that's like picking between my kids. I can't okay. do it.
2: All right. All right. Uh, let's jump out of the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He is our good friend, David Locke. David, how are you?
3: I'm good, but that's a colossal lie. But oh, total. Right there.
2: Yeah, total. I colorful. can't pick
3: amongst my kids. Come on. <laughs> You love them all, but you—I know you love one of them more than the others. So you know. <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, neither do, neither oh, totally. do you, David. Come on. You might admire one more than the others, love one more, enjoy spending time with one. You still love them all. You're gonna do, you jump in front of a train for all of them.
0: But come on now, be honest. Okay. Okay. So which one of your kids do you love the most?
2: I, we're not talking about me, we're talking about you. <laughs> and, and this is how we're going to start off the interview? <laughs> Feels
3: like Maybe things that's would go good... straight
2: downhill from here, no? Well,
3: it yeah, really probably. can't go any further downhill than me trying to get him to say he loves one of his kids more than the no. other. So, I, I, Oh, I, they've I,
0: done that on this show so many times, David. I can't, uh, and they all think that I, there is one, but they're. Oh, they're but really I mean, wrong. I know that there's one. I mean, that's the only reason I remember. I mean,.
2: All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, aware,
0: David. We're, listen, when we talked with you last, you said you were going to dive into some numbers because you were, cr- cr- you know, climbing the walls of the house, and and so I was wondering, did you find something that you could really grab a hold of and pass along to us? Uh, uh,
3: yeah, I thought this was really interesting. Um, so I looked at players in the NBA that take catch and shoot threes and take the top. I think it's the top hundred. I think I took the top two hundred, so they take two point two per game, and then I put a I put a little filter. So it's actually one hundred ninety one. I put a little filter on. I said they had to have played twenty games this year. How many players in the NBA do you think shoot forty percent or better on catch and shoots and take at least two point two a game? So they're in the top two hundred of attempts.
2: What do you think, Gordon?
0: Well, I don't know. I. <laughs> You guess, Jake. Two. Well, there's not,
3: there's 30 teams, right? <laughs> right. So like, do you think it's two a roster? Do you think it's three a roster? Do you think it's... 40% is fairly steep. 40% is 1.2 points per shot. Like, this is like 1.2 points per shot. Yeah, it's not like sort of steep. Like the greatest offense in the history of the game is like a 117, 118. Hmm.
2: So let's, is... go, let's go two per team then. If it's such a steep standard. So you
3: think there's 60.
2: Now you say that, that feels like a lot.
0: It does seem like a lot. I'd say 45.
3: 62. Ooh, wow. Close. 62 shoot better than 40%.
0: So what does that tell you, Dave? That doesn't tell you that that there's a greater emphasis on this, and so people are honing their craft.
3: Um, what I think it tells me is that, yeah, and I think I think if we did the real the real research, I'd want on this would be, um, my guess is that if we if we ran it a year ago, it was fifty two, and we ran it. You know, three years ago, it was 22. Um, so I, I think that, to me, it's the progression that we're seeing in this regard would be what I think is interesting. 63, and actually, is
0: the answer. Sorry,
3: I, I miscounted.
0: And is this a uh, – do you count this as a complete
3: positive? Um, I think it tells you where the league's going. Um, I thought it, I thought the number was high. I thought it was going to be lower. Um. I think you have to have them to win. We have six. I think we have, so we have six of the 63 on our roster. Hmm. So, Three, like Conley's at four. I mean, this is how if we ever play in the playoffs, we win. Conley's at 41. He's sixth on the team. 40.8. Royce is at 41.1. Uh, next is, Boyan, I think, 42.6. Ingles, Niang's 43.3. Donovan's 43.7. Ingles is 44.4. It's pretty incredible. So six in the top, 63. Miami has Duncan Robinson at 46, Tyler Hero at 46, and Kelly Olenek at 45.
0: Have you ever done a study, David, on how those numbers might change in the postseason? And if they change at all, or is that an exaggeration?
3: I think the whole – I actually want to do a study on this whole – I think a little bit that you have to have the mid-range to win in the playoffs is a myth. I don't think that's true. Johnny Bryant's listening right now, and he is
1: losing it. <laughs>
3: um, I mean, I'm waiting for my text message to come across right now. Like, what the heck, you block? I did not miss you. Um but that i i would be i'm curious, i'm skeptical on
2: that okay so speaking big picture david do you think this trend will ever reverse because the game plan defensively will eventually catch up with the math and the example to, that i i can give you that i'm thinking of right now is i think a big theme of the jazz season this year were defenses adjusting to rudy gobert and the way that they played him to take away the highest percentage shot in the game and maybe it you could argue whether it worked or not uh i don't know but do you think that defensive game plans will ever catch up to the math that you're talking
3: about so no uh for two reasons and i also think that the premise that like teams caught up to rudy's totally flawed Um, So let me walk through, which do you want me to address first? Let's
2: let's go with the math one first because that's what we're talking about, but I'm curious to hear your answer from Rudy too.
3: So the math that's happening in the NBA right now is that teams are taking away the rim because the rim you average 1.4 points per shot. And so teams like Toronto and Milwaukee and the best defensive teams in the league generally have all committed to taking away the rim. Um, Milwaukee's at an incredible number. I think they're they're allowing 29% of the opponent shots at the rim. That's like to be under that number is just under 30 is an astronomical commitment. The impact of that is that offenses have gotten smarter than they used to be. And now Milwaukee's either last in the league or second to last in the league allowing threes. And what Milwaukee's saying is Okay, we don't think you're going to make 40% because the league average on catch-and-shoot is 36, and we don't think you're going to have a roster of like three or four 40% catch-and-shoot guys on threes, and some are going to have to be off the bounce. So you're only going to shoot 35 36% from three. That's league average. And 36%, that's about one point. We could probably do the math really quickly here. 15th in the league this year on three-point shooting team was Detroit at 35.5. So if you do... 35.5 35.5 times three, that's 1.06 points per shot. The best team at the rim was 35. It was, oh, sorry, that was, that was frequency, not um, accuracy. So I think it's 36. Um, the 15th ranked team in the league on three-point shots is 36. That was the right. first time why I checked my work. I don't know. Children, do not check your work. Just trust your gut, your blink. <laughs> um, so that's 1.08 points per shot for a three. And the league average at the rim is 63%. So that's some, somewhere over 1.2 points per shot, right? So teams have decided 1.26 that they're willing to give up the three to deny the rim. That The, the effort to deny the rim is so vital, and teams have, are beginning to adjust, so they're still getting their threes. And the next adjustment teams are going to make um, is they're just going to shoot the 30-foot three instead. The 30-foot three is better than shot than a bend rate shot, like I tried to prove this to some coaches and got laughed out of a room this summer. But um, you know that's that's the truth. Like you know, like you tell a coach that or a basketball person that, and they just, it's the craziest thing you've ever told them. But the truth is that the 30 foot three is going to be a really big weapon in this league because you're just going to. What's going to happen is you're if teams are just going to commit to take away the rim like Milwaukee and these other teams have done. Then you're just going to wa- you're just going to give. There's too much ground to cover now because deep shooting's gotten too good. So no, the trend will go the other way. Actually, there'll be less rim shots because defenses are commit, and there's going to be more threes. Uh, the Utah Jazz are the only team. So then this is part two. This is where this whole idea that teams have adjusted to Rudy's just it's just not true. It's just fundamentally not true. Like we we and I like. I find myself getting caught in the narrative and I look at the numbers and it's not true. So the Jazz are the only team in the NBA in the top five at denying shots at the rim and denying shots from three. The only team in the league. Hmm. Of the top ten teams denying shots at the rim, seven of the ten, I believe, are in the bottom ten in denying threes. So there's a choice you now have to make in the league because of the way it is. If you want to deny shots at the rim then you're going to be one of the worst. You're going to allow threes. So the top eight teams in the league that deny shots at the rim, six of the eight ranks 21st or below in denying three-point shots. The only teams, the only team that's in the top five in both is the Jazz, and then the Brooklyn Nets are 12th in denying threes. Everybody else is, allows threes. So that's Rudy's study- the only one in the league who does that. That
0: that study is that's fascinating. That is fascinating. So as you study these numbers, David, uh and as you use your 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 eye test and the judgment through all your years of experience, what do you think is the jazz's greatest need or slash weakness?
3: Um well, so I mean what we've done as a team is with six guys who shoot over 40% from three, and this has been really hard for us to all get used to this year, is so our route to victory is now offensive, not defensive. Right? Our route to victory was defensive last year. We had a huge margin of, like, we, our scheme of movement of deviation, how we played defensively based on our, where average defense is, we, were, we had a pretty big margin. Like, but now our route's offensively. You know, we're the number one offensive team since we added Jordan Clarkson on December 24th. It's a little suspect, but, it, you know, we're also rated, if we did that for a season, it would be the best offense in the history of the game. So we're one, two, or three. Um, we would have known more in the next week of seed games because we were beginning to play better defensive teams. Uh, so our route now, our margin of error, is our, our route defensively is very thin. So what's difficult is, you know, it'd be nice if we got a little longer in defensively and, we had a little bit more, you know, I, I don't think our problem defensively is Rudy. I think our problem defensively is we're small at every single possession position other than Rudy. And so we just don't have any length on the floor. And so the fact that we're 10th best defensively is probably pretty good. Like, we're pretty clean glass. We're 10th best defensive team in the league, and we're one of the better offensive teams. And we haven't been great defensively, you know, recently. And so that's probably a little concerning. Um, but also, there have been a plenty of games where we've just been good enough defensively because the offense is so good that we just go score. Um and that's just a quantum switch for us to get used to. We had to play defense for 48 minutes in the past, and we don't, frankly, have to anymore. Um, so I, I, your, answer, your question is, you know, I'd like us to be long, but I also don't want to limit the margin of the wide margin I'm talking about offensively is a way better margin to have than the margin defensively. I don't know if I made any sense here, so I'm going to stop. But that last point is actually really important if if you want to dig into it.
0: So you think that problem, if there is a problem there, is more size than athleticism? Yeah, probably.
3: I mean, hey, our two best defensive players were undrafted, other than Rudy. Like, our two best on-default defenders are undrafted, so that's, you know, usually athletes are drafted. Um, So I guess you could say, you know, I'm using that as an indicator. I don't know if that's fair that draft position is an indicator of athleticism but I kind of think it is you know if you're an elite level athlete you usually get drafted just because then they figure they can turn you something into and if you're not an elite level athlete they uh, they don't draft you and then you go to Europe like Royce or Joe and you learn all your skills and then you get a program like ours it's smart enough to figure out that you can teach all those other skills and then you just overcome maybe that you're not the same athlete as Wesley Wandu in Orlando who is an elite level athlete but he doesn't have any other parts of his game yet or uh the Dotson kid in New York, I'm thinking it was like a late first round draft, pick. I actually really like him a lot, but like he got drafted, he's an elite level athlete, like missing parts of his game. But you figure if you can you know, if you can put elite le- take an elite level athlete and put pieces to their game, well then you have a Borderland All Star. Right? Like Mo Harkless was drafted what, somewhere like fifteenth by Orlando. Six eight elite athlete unbelievable. Like yeah. right? Like yeah, he's Mo Harkless. Um and so Elite athlete. The only reason I use that. So I generally use that as a standard. Like you want to know someone's athleticism, look where they were drafted.
2: Well, David, thank you as always for jumping on with us and uh, keep digging into this stuff. Uh, you know, you yeah. have why well, I, I described it earlier as a very active mind, and uh, we're loving the uh, the results <laughs> of that. Even though you're inside and uh, cooped up a little bit.
0: Hey, David, mm-hmm. I have a. I have a subsequent question real quick. Uh, As you, because you study these numbers so carefully, have you ever been misled by them, by one that you were absolutely convinced was giving you conclusive data, and then upon further review you found it to be somehow erroneous?
3: So this one we just dug into a little bit this year, Milwaukee had me flustered for a while because Milwaukee was allowing all these threes, and I was trying to figure out, like, what is going on? Like, so, yeah, I, so if I... The teams that allow the most threes in the league this year are Milwaukee, the Lakers, Denver, Miami. Are the four? Are the four? So, see if we can remember. I can't do it. Toronto, LA, Denver, Miami. Right? Is that what I said? Toronto. Yeah. Remember those for me. So, Milwaukee's one defensively. Toronto's two. The Lakers are three. Denver's thirteen. Well, wait a sec. How can the teams that are allowing the four? Four in Miami. I think I had Miami and Miami's 12. So the, the te- five teams that are allowing the most threes in the league, I think, are all above average defensive teams. Well, what the like, What the heck's going on? right? So you can look at that number and say to yourself, oh, allowing threes doesn't hurt you. you. You should allow threes. Well, but the real story is that if you look at defensive shot location, Milwaukee's one, you know, Miami five, off, you know, those teams are all not allowing shots at the rim. Um, so, you know, I think I gave you that kind of flip that was actually shot. I I flipped that around, but that's, that's one that I, um, no, I had that generally right, but, um, that's one that looked at me. It was like, these teams are allowing a lot of threes and they're good defensively had me really flustered. um, Instead, I, you know, it took me a little while to figure out that actually the issue is that they're not allowing shots at the rim, and that not allowing shots at the rim is better than not allowing, um, than allowing threes. If that makes sense.
2: David, thank you very much. We're glad you're well. Hope to stay that way. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. What have you been greatly I, fooled I, by, Gordon?
0: I don't know. I, I. I... I didn't realize that the Jazz were ranked that highly in stopping three-point shots. Or were those catching shoots? I, I, I can't remember. What Get else. a little lost but, in there?
2: What's I think that? it was defending the three. Yeah, but I got a little lost in some of that uh, geekiness as well. But it, it's interesting. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I would have thought that the Jazz were, were struggling in stopping the three, the, just from the eye test. Um. And you've talked a lot about that size deficiency, and that, that definitely is uh, something to think about.
2: Yeah, the jazz issues, though, were were more about getting beat on the perimeter, and they've always been good at stopping the corner three.
0: But, see, that's why I asked him about the difference between size and, and speed or yeah. athleticism, however you want to characterize it. Hmm. Um, if I were to ask you that question, Jake, just off of you saw all the games. What do you think the Jazz's greatest need is, greatest weakness?
2: Ooh, let's see. I uh, see. I'd, size and athleticism. I'd probably go athleticism over size, but I think they both matter.
0: So you think it's a you think it's a defensive issue, uh, stopping some of the premier wings in the league.
2: Well, I do, but but David's also right about the point that he made that the Jazz now are an offensive team, and that's how they're going to win yeah. games. So, yeah. I mean, I, and I, I that is those, a
0: major switch. <laughs> major, that's, switch. we're not used to that around here. So, yeah.
2: all right, uh, coming up next, we've got the daily drops, which I am not looking forward to because I let Hans pick the one that I'm going to play. I am uh, apparently. I'm not going to be pleased, so we will get to that coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. We have our Moments of Madness bracket challenge at 550 as well. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
1: I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, Chad. turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Gordon Monson Jake Scott 975 and 1280 the zone and we're going to do our uh, daily drops segment here during this uh, pandemic uh, when sports have not been going on we thought it'd be fun uh and once a day we'll all pick our favorite drops or something that we want to hear and each one of us will pick it and uh, we'll make a fun segment out of it before we get to that Gordon you did you know Austin has never heard the story of you asking the uh, the drive-through person uh, for a recommendation on what to get <laughs> He's
0: heard that. He's not, never. I don't never think heard that. I've, I've heard. I've heard. I've told that story before. At, at the Taco Bell, you
4: know. Yeah, hey, that, what, that what, that you, in, what
0: would you? What would you get? What would you suggest? That was actually on the beautiful island of Oahu, and uh, yeah, I was with a friend, and there was a new item on the menu, and we were driving through, and I oh, said, they've "Got they, it, an
4: extra crispy now."
0: Yeah, I, I, no, no, it was a new one. It was completely new, and so. I asked for her recommendation on it. My friend just killed me for
4: that. Oh, what, what, what would the, the chef uh, recommend here?
2: What, 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 is, what, what should I get here at Arby's? What what would you suggest? The roast beef? <laughs>
4: or the you know, double roast beef?
2: I can't help it. Every
0: time, you know, I shouldn't have picked America because, <laughs> you know, for their band of the day today because every time I hear that song you just played, it reminds me of um, uh, my uh a girlfriend in, in college who had an eight track player in her car and it didn't work and so she had <laughs> yes we know <laughs> <laughs> it, it was so strange but it but it was like she, an old
4: Nintendo game
0: right no if she to... blew, if she blew on the eight track then it would and, and then it would work.
4: Yeah, got it. No, I what, mean, what would she recommend
0: at Arby's for you? And so that America song reminded me of that.
2: Did Did she get the horsey sauce?
4: <laughs> no, Arby sauce every time. Well, Arby's
2: sauce. I well, I like the Arby and the horsey. I wonder. Really? Yeah, I, I like. The, I, I like the both.
4: I didn't think anyone got the horsey. I was like, why are they still making this oh, garbage? Because it's delicious. Nah.
2: Yeah, it's good.
4: Uh, all right, are
2: we ready for our daily drop what's segment? The Big
0: Mac. Is that any What's good? It, What's in horsey sauce, by the way? Horseradish. I oh, know what, what's in horseradish. Horseradish. <laughs> okay, what? What? I mean, does it just come that way?
2: What is what do horseradish? You mean, does, does, does ketchup come that way? What are you talking about? No, horse, I was. What's in it? Radishes. Horseradish. What, what is horseradish? <laughs> It's, it's horseradish. You know, has tomatoes in it. Yes, and horseradish sauce, horsey sauce, has horseradish in it, which is a thing. <gasps> but what is horseradish? It's a horseradish. <laughs> that's the name of <laughs> the thing. That's the name of the plant. Horseradish. <laughs> it's like it asking, is, really? what's in peanut butter? Yes. Oh, oh okay. All right. It's exactly got
0: that all what's in peanut up?
2: butter. Okay. All right, it's time for- It's with real horses. Yes.
0: <laughs> Giddy up.
2: Oh man! I love doing this show
0: all right I thought i thought i thought radish I thought it had radish in there, but I didn't know there was something called i didn't know you grew horseradish
2: horseradish is a perennial plant of the family of I can't read that word it is a root vegetable used as a spice and prepared as a condiment mm-hmm all right do horses like them or something I don't, I don't know gordo all right daily drops uh we'll do we'll <laughs> do mine last because i allowed hans to pick mine today because i thought it would be funny and apparently and you have no idea what i he have picked. no idea what he picked and i picked on hans a little bit last week played the oh hey guys and he complained about it on his show so i decided to let him pick my selection today so let's start with your uh both of yours and then we'll get to mine uh gordo uh, let's start with you what are we doing today
0: All right, I picked uh, DJ's infamous, uh, You Don't Sound Like a Debbie.
1: You don't really sound like a Debbie.
3: Well, I've been one for a long time. All
0: right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) check me if I'm wrong, but what does a Debbie sound like?
2: Uh, I think I think DJ was, was saying your your voice is not feminine enough to be named dip. You don't really sound like a daddy.
3: Well, I've been one for a long time. <laughs> All right.
4: <laughs> How does, what a How great we, answer, by the
3: way. Do, do, do amazing,
2: do we, amazing. Do we have
4: what led up to that? I've looked. I can't. It wasn't this like 16 years ago? Play it was Played
0: one ago. more time. That sounds like a Debbie to me.
1: You don't really sound like a daddy.
0: Well, I've been one for a
2: long time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, I've been one for a long time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean,
0: how does, DJ, how does DJ say that? Isn't that like asking someone if they're pregnant?
2: Oh, that's amazing. I don't know. I don't know. But it, there's a reason he will never live that down. And he, well, hates, she, it. And she, he hates it. Does he really? I didn't mean oh, yeah. to bring
0: up something he hated. I Sorry, oh, that's DJ. That's half, the
2: goal of this program. That's, that's half the thing. point of the segment.
0: Well, I mean not if he hates it. If he if he can laugh along with it, it's fine. But her answer, you're right, Austin. That that may have been the quickest response I think of I've
2: ever heard. You don't really sound like a daddy.
3: Well, I've been one for a long time. All right.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Amazing
4: All right, Austin, what are you selecting today? Oh, just uh, another intruder report And this uh, eyewitness who the intruder broke into his house He was so nervous, he broke into song over it
5: And see, that's what the problem was Because I heard him first, I said, hold on I said, hold up, wait a minute Something ain't right Because then I started to taste him I said, and then I start to smell them, so it's like the smell that tastes like other So I knew something was wrong. I knew something special about it. You know? So So what did you do when you heard the intruder? I ran upstairs. I had to run. And I had to do with that little girl. What's that little girl uh in the Holocaust? She had a uh she Anne Hathaway and Frank Frankie Frank Beverly and Frank, that's a hidden it? Had to get up the stairs so he had so much rhythm when he was walking up that doom 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 that started to almost beatbox box up in the closet oh boom 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 but i couldn't do it yet because i couldn't die i got caught tomorrow so i'm just a little shook up that's all that is i got court tomorrow
2: <laughs> <laughs> i can't die i've got court tomorrow <laughs> That was amazing! <laughs> I could taste it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how, do you t-
0: how do you taste uh, somebody? Uh, I mean, uh, in the air like that? I mean, what, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Gordon. Uh, all I know is you know most intruders uh, like that uh, in, uh, house invader type thing. I wonder they probably wear they probably douse the cologne
2: on real heavy.
4: You know, they eat a lot of horseradishes before they head in. <laughs> you know
2: how I know we've had a, a, a funny show today because my mouth hurts. I've been laughing so hard. I just hard. fell They've off been... my chair. Oh,
4: that was <laughs> hold taste. up? Wait oh, a God. minute. And then, uh, then he
0: was coming up the stairs with the rhythm. He had the boom. He, b- b- he went to get the b- b- boombox, b- huh?
4: but I couldn't. Uh, that, I couldn't die. That, I that, got court tomorrow. On court tomorrow. That judge won't let me out of court even if I die. <laughs>
2: That's uh, pretty uh, funny. You, hiding you like that, was... that, Anne Hathaway,
4: the was Frankenberry. That... <laughs> was, was that legit, or was he? What was that all about? I don't care, but it's great.
2: It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. That is well done, Austin. Thanks. You you win today. Well, Hans's pick is next. All right, so I let Hans pick my submission today, and I am sure. That I'm going to uh, to regret this, but as a little tease for tomorrow, I'm sure we're going to be hearing about Gus. So make sure and stay tuned for that. <laughs> I don't that like tomorrow. to play that one. It man. depends on what, what uh. we're playing today. We might have to. We might have to hear. Oh man, I've had a rough morning tomorrow. We'll see a little, a little uh, back at you. Yeah. Well, I don't know what we're getting here. All right, Austin, hit it. Welcome on in. It is Jake and Tony, 97.5 and 1280, the zone. We are very, very excited. It is Bees Media Day and we are live from Spring Mobile. Oh. I did it again, Tony. Yep, Smith Ballpark. You know, you say it over and over. I'm not going to make excuses. My bad. Smith Ballpark. Not a good way to start the show. Uh joining us now, Tony, we're going to get the uh, the show started with a bang. The manager for the Beast, Dave Jones, with us to kick things off. First of all, thank you very much for uh, First off,
0: first off, my co host.
3: This has been a running thing. Just so you know. I can't. This get it has right. been a running thing for years. It's kind of a fun, unique thing. You're new to this. My co host is terrible with names. I can't absolutely terrible with names. I can't
2: explain it. Father uh, described it as a brain fart, and that's really what I uh, refer to it as. Well, I know the second worst person to name is
1: myself. So <laughs> oh, I'll write that with you because I'm terrible with names. In fact, I have to read some of our guys' names today. But yeah, it's Dave Anderson.
2: <laughs> lame. Wow. Lame. Wow. Lame. Anderson Jones. That's all I'm going to say. Is there sixes. lame.
0: Lame. how uh how how embarrassing was that
2: horribly embarrassing and then he got up uh in his press conference was right after that and he got up and cracked a joke about it where he was like i've already been called the wrong name today <laughs> he uh, he bailed you out the manager for the beast, oh, Dave no, jones stop. stop you stop right now i uh, <laughs> fresh from the locker okay listen i asked <laughs> oh no from the monkeys it was his first day on the job, and I asked somebody before that interview. I said, "What is his name?" And I wrote down Jones. I don't know why. The manager for the Dave Jones. Stop it! Stop it! Right. I'm now. I'm sorry. You're right. One today. That's oh, all. Yeah. Enhance the rule. Stay tuned tomorrow for <laughs> Gus.
0: Okay, but again, I just for clarification's sake, Jones Anderson. Um, what's the common denominator there?
4: I don't know. They both have an S and an E and sometimes an O. I don't know. I wrote down Jones. And an N. I asked what the guy's name was, and I wrote down Jones. (laughs)
2: Now either I was told Jones. uh, You You think somebody set you up? Um, see, I can't go that far because given my track record... I mean, with, Tony was there. Given uh, my track record with names, it's probably my fault in some way, shape, or form, but I'm just telling you what I did. I wrote down Jones. I, I read know. I read the man's name off my Didn't notes. Didn't sound like a Jones to me. Uh, nice. You don't really sound like a daddy.
3: <laughs> well, I've been one for a long time.
2: Uh, horrible,
0: horrible! Did you just see like uh one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies the night before or something?
4: Are we here with the bees' manager, Davy Jones? <laughs> <laughs> How be the locker room, Davy?
2: <laughs> Neither of you are very funny. <laughs> Fly
4: the colors, <laughs> no, 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 skipper! Now,
2: I'm officially mad at Hans. That was Davey a mistake, Jones? obviously.
0: Didn't David Jones in the movie, didn't he kind of look like a combination of an octopus and a shark? And a, I mean,
4: yeah, I don't know. Not not a baseball manager. Yeah. No, not
2: indeed. All <laughs> right, coming up next, we have our Moments of Madness uh, showdown. We had a close one yesterday. We'll find out who won. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
1: Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This- is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Johnson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 12.80, The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Time for our moments of madness, Gordon, uh, as we're doing a bracket, uh, a bracket of the best moments in NCAA tournament history. We're having our listeners vote on it, trying to you know, keep a little bit of the NCAA tournament feel, even though uh, we unfortunately do not have the NCAA tournament. In fact, what, uh, tomorrow would have been the Elite Eight? Is that right?
4: I think so. Today we're finishing our Elite Eight. I know that. Yeah. So this tomorrow is... begins our Final Four. Well, now our
2: our Elite Eight matchup from yesterday, Gordon, was razor thin. In fact, what'd you say, Austin? The the margin of victory was came down to four votes. Four votes. Wow. And uh, mm. we have our first upset of the tournament.
4: Number one upset. You had the number two seed, twenty sixteen Villanova buzzer beating championship game uh, win winning shot. Outlasting the Christian Leitner turnaround wow. with fifty three point three percent of the vote to forty six point seven. How about that, Gordo? So i I think it's the I think it's the gunshots
2: in the in the highlight that really turned the tide there.
0: They weren't that gunshots. or a, either that or a bias against Duke.
2: People, you think the the Dukie haters are out there?
0: I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm guessing because that that if you took a poll nationally, I think don't you think that that Leitner shot would be a favorite to win it. All. I don't
2: know that Nova shot to win it all was pretty. It was pretty yeah, awesome. It, and and yeah. Pecos Pete in the background firing off his six guns. <laughs>
0: true. Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, I love that highlight. That's really true.
2: That highlight's pretty Pecos amazing. Pete. <laughs> all right. Uh, today, our final elite eight matchup, and this should be a good one. Uh, we've got a one versus a two seed, and uh, let's start with the one seed. Villanova upsets Georgetown in 1985. I think they've got to throw the ball at least towards the half-court area. They cannot afford to throw that ball in under their own basket because with two seconds to go, Georgetown can get a piece of it and put it back up. Let's see if Raleigh Massimino tries
3: to get the ball up court.
1: That's it. Villanova has done it. Villanova had done it, and you realize that it was one of the biggest upsets in the history of the NCAA tournament. No, oh, no one thought we
2: could do it, but I did. And so did they. All right. I know that's your uh, the kind of one you you your favorite in all of this, Gordon. Well, I mean it was just so unbelievable
0: and the the the, the 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 highlight really doesn't do it justice. It was it was it was shocking. It really was.
2: All right, that's going up against the two seed George Mason making the final four and oh six. Denham Brown, three to go. Denham Brown, fourth three. No good.
0: Five, George. The dream is alive.
2: All right. The early return so far, Gordon. Uh, George Mason with 57.7% of the vote. So hmm. we'll, we'll right. see. We could have another upset on our hands. But our final the, Elite Eight matchup.
0: I, I would say that that's mostly coming from people who didn't witness... <gasps> Villanova beat Georgetown that year. It was it was
2: it was just shocking is the word. All right, we have more big show coming up next, but first it is a win ticket Wednesday, Austin.
1: This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday. Caller number twelve right now at 855-340 Zo. Woo! You'll win tickets right here on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports.
2: All right, Collar 12 right now wins tickets to the Chris Young concert. Multi-platinum entertainer Chris Young is bringing his Town Ain't Big Enough World Tour 2020 out on the road this summer, joined by special guests Scotty McCready and Peyton Smith. This is sure to be Chris's biggest show yet, and one you certainly won't want to miss. Your chance to see them live is Wednesday, June 10th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. We'll have more Big Show straight ahead 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, as uh, a Wednesday comes to a close, Gordon. And I, I can't wrap my mind around the passage of time right now. It feels like everything is going by so slow, but yet at the same time, it feels like shows are flying by. So maybe that's just because we're a little distracted doing the show ourselves, I guess. Well,
0: I can't even remember what day it is. And that sounds like I'm uh, I'm deprecating here myself. But uh, no, I get it. I definitely uh, get it. Yeah, I mean, I I usually know exactly what day it is because I do have a schedule that I keep. But these days, it, it, it's it's kind of just blurring into one one long thing. Are you working in more naps these
2: days, Gordon? No, less. Fewer, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm not napping at all, really. Mm-hmm. I haven't really taken a nap either, but I I don't usually take a nap. A nap sounds good though, doesn't it? Don't you like to nap? Napping's great.
0: Well, a nap is great when you're not when you're not uh when you're not up against it. When you can really nap. And I know people say oh, don't nap for more than 20 minutes because then you go into uh REM stages or whatever and then you you, you get uh, groggy. Uh, no, I like myself. If I want to take a nap, I, I want to
2: take it for an hour. You want a good hearty nap.
0: I want a good hearty nap. I don't want none of this ten-minute nap stuff. Although maybe there, maybe that would really work. Yeah, maybe know.
2: they're onto something. I don't know. I'm more with you though. If I've got to take a nap, I usually try and carve out about an hour. That um that that feels right to me.
4: Austin I doesn't to... strike
2: me as a napper.
4: Oh, when it when it happens, I can nap. You nap can and nap? nap and nap and oh. nap and nap. Yeah. But it doesn't happen so. You
0: know, gonna, don't you hate getting stirred from that nap uh, prematurely?
2: Well, yeah, the, but this is why you, you were right. You need to make sure that you have the the proper uh, napping window, right? You
4: know what my eye doctor just told me? My eyes don't close all the way. That's weird. When I He, he looked at my eyes and he said, I'll bet your eyes don't close all the way when you sleep. I was like, I think they do, and then he started asking me a bunch of questions. How? And I am always, oh, my eyes always feel tired. He said, "Yep, your eyes don't close all the way when you sleep." That is. So strange. then I started watching my daughter. Hers don't close all the way, and that's why no matter how long I've been asleep, you wake me up, and it's war. You're, you're cranky, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's war. You're cranky. Have you
0: noticed that? Uh Austin's eyes don't close all the way while he's producing our show.
4: No, no, I've never noticed that. Never. Uh, I, um, just... uh, it's, uh, they're open. They just look closed.
2: <laughs> well, Gordo, I'll, I'll ask you this: What do you What do you have on tap tonight? You're gonna you gonna binge watch something. I know you didn't get to Tiger King yesterday. You got something you're getting to today?
0: No, I'll probably watch some obsc- some not necessarily obscure, but something out of the way, uh, something a little different. Maybe some old time flick, uh, like last night, Citizen Kane. So, tonight, who knows? I haven't seen Casablanca in a long time. was the last time oh, you watched Casablanca? Uh, I probably really? watched well, Are you or just, five go years ago. To, you're just going to dismiss everything that is uh, pre 1950?
4: No, just the boring ones.
0: <laughs> We're talking about the classics here.
4: And they're classics for a reason. There's some exciting older movies. The Great like Escape is like really good. The Great Escape is phenomenal in color. The Great
0: Escape when Steve McQueen flies over the fence on a motorcycle. Hmm.
2: Spoiler alert. I've got Steve McQueen, a poster of Steve McQueen, an autographed poster of Steve McQueen hanging in my living room. Top that, Gordo? Yeah. He'll, well, he probably can.
0: No, cuz I don't <laughs> I don't have posters of people on the wall. I,
2: <laughs> Wait, so you're judging me for having a Steve McQueen autographed poster? Yeah, kind of.
4: Why? Uh, Who does that? Thou shalt not worship idols, Jim. You you have a poster of another man on your wall?
2: That's pretty awesome. Actually, the poster is autographed to my mother, signed Steve McQueen, and I found it in the basement years ago. Uh, Don't bring your mom into this, because then I have to sign off on it. Good. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show, (laughs) 97.5 and 1280 Uh, The Zone.
0: Steve McQueen.